Welcome to episode two. <laughs> ne, 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 ne. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode officially two. Yes, good day. Good day, humans of Earth. Earth. Why did I do this again? <laughs> Why did I do that? Are you an alien? Ooh. 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 Anyway, yes, welcome to episode two of Two Flat Whites. I am Laura. I am Alex. And we are two existential millennials posing as adults, just trying to stay alive. And we're in Ooh. 2019, and it's nearly the end of the year. That's absolutely... It. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we can swear. I'm going to swear. And you know what, Laura? I'm going to make the decision. I'm going to fucking so what swear is it, Alex? this fucking podcast. What is it? It's fucked. <laughs> Good. <laughs> no, we're literally two and a half months away from the end of the year. Yeah. My retail job, um, if I didn't mention this earlier, I work retail like once or twice a week. And the retail boss is like, oh, everyone needs to have their retail availabilities in by Friday, which is tomorrow for Christmas. Christmas? And you're like, that's Excuse ages me, away. It's ages away. No, no it, ain't. it ain't. No, it ain't. I'm just going to pop back to Australia for six months and move to Germany, I said 12 months ago. Ooh. <laughs> Nearly. <laughs> Ooh. it's okay now we've got this podcast so time flies it's okay i told myself i was only gonna work in a warehouse for two months it's nearly been two years <laughs> no i lied it's been a year and a half it's been a year and a half but now you have another job i do have another progress job, is so that's fine so how was your week my week, about was, your week um good overall again i feel like i've got the same issue as last time where i only really remember what happened the last couple of days but right Yesterday was really good. Um, I picked up a shift at work. I've kicked up a couple of shifts because I'm going to Tasmania next week for the first time. For Woo-hoo! those of you who oh, don't know. Oh, for the know. first time? First time oh, ever. I didn't realise you'd never been there before. That's where Laura and Nick got engaged, actually. Oh, we fact. did. Oh, mm. my God. You know, that was like two and a half. That was like two and a half years ago yeah, now. That's More. Up. Well, you've been married for like four six months. months. Six no, months. No, four. Six. Six. We got married in April. Jesus Cristo. Hang on. What month is April? The fourth? We're in the tenth. What month is April? It's April. What month? What month number? Fuck off. <laughs> We're in the 10th. What month is April on Earth? <laughs> on Mars, it's the 92nd. 92nd month of the tri year. Um, so, and you got married on what? This the 7th of April? 5th. I mean, pretty close. It's you like, were there. It's not my wedding. <laughs> um, I should know that because my birthday was right in the middle of your wedding and my brother's wedding. It was. You had a hectic time. So, yeah, so hectic. going to Tasmania. So Yeah, to Tasmania yeah. for the first time. And I thought I should probably try and pick up as many shifts as I can. So I'll be doing a few extra retail shifts. But uh, yesterday, excitingly, I got back into dance with my best friend. We've been speaking about doing dance and she the ball together. Oh, the, the, presentation the lessons you were having. Yes, we were doing lessons for a while. Um and yeah, so we did a bunch of these dances together in school. And literally since we were 18 in school, we've been saying, we should do dance classes. Yeah. And then we finally got back around to doing it. Yeah. And then uh, we did four private lessons and I slipped a disc and got to cancel for oh, about six weeks. Right. Yeah. yeah, but now I was well enough yesterday to go. Uh, I feel like it took me 40 minutes of the 45 minute class to get into it. Oh, so you had five minutes of joy. Yeah, five minutes where I was like, I'm good. I'm fucking great. That's annoying. Also, we've got wine this week, don't we, Ladoo? We do have wine. Should we do a quick... A cling- little... Cling! A little rosé. We do have some rosé. In fact, it's making me quite glaggy in my throat yeah, again. I thought it was quite... <sighs> oh, actually, you're right. I think it's the acid. <laughs> <laughs> or the maybe... Acid. Maybe it's because I've had so much wine this week. Oh, yes. You got blazed on the weekend. Yes. <laughs> How was your... I was not blazed. Thank you very much. I don't enjoy being blazed. 
Anyway, uh, what were we talking about? Right, my week. Yes, had a great week. Well, mm-hmm. not well. I don't know if it's great, but I've been so busy. Like I've hardly had any downtime. Like we had a, such a busy weekend. Friday, I went on a TV shoot, which was which was very exciting with my new job. Mm-hmm. Um, and Saturday, we went on a little winery trip to the Yarra Valley. We went and spent the day at a winery with um, Nick's uh, sibling, sibling, two siblings, and their partners. With your in-laws, with your my and oh, they're my in-laws. Mm. Woo. Um, yeah, so did that, and I stupidly forgot to have breakfast before we uh, got to the winery because I was in a rush, and then we uh, did a tasting before we had lunch, and the guy was very generous with his um, pouring with his little te- offering. I was about to say testicles, test, <laughs> tests, testing, testing. Little taste. Anyway, he was very generous. <laughs> and I had consumed like probably two glasses of wine before we'd even sat down. And I was like, not blazed, but I was definitely <laughs> in a good bloody mood. And on a first name basis with the guy who, now that I think about it, I forgot his name. <laughs> Wait, I don't you know his name. You're just drunk enough. At the time I was, but anyway, so it was a great day. And then Sunday we visited, um, where we drove to Bendigo to see our two friends. Best friends, I've had a baby, a little girl. They've created a little human being, which is terrifying. And so we went to visit them to do that. And then, yeah, I've literally just been working all week. It's been hectic. Mm. Hectic as. Heckers. Heckers, bro. (laughs) Heckers is, bro. Very woke, very TikTok. Might be going to New Zealand next month as well. You might be what? Going to New Zealand. Me? No, me. Oh, you. Not you. We're done with you. (laughs) I was like, am I going to New Zealand? You can come if you like. This is new to me. What is your recommendation for the week? We're going to do this at the start of the episodes now, by the way. Mm. So what is your recommendation Just for the week? Mix it up. I think my recommendation, because it's the only thing that really comes to mind from this week, is food prepping. So I used to food prep like all the time and I've gotten back into it and I'm really appreciating it. And it's really nice to go to work and know that I've got like a stack of six like four or five meals in the fridge. Mm. But I'm also one of those people who doesn't really mind eating the same meal for a week solid if it's a good meal. Yep. My recommendation is also going to be food related. Me and my husband have just started getting HelloFresh for the last like couple of months. We got a free box from like one of our other friends and we did it once. We were like, this is the best thing ever. Um, And I don't know if you're the type of person who's really, really busy. And if you feel like you're in a bit of a rut with what to cook, because I know I end up just cooking the same shit all the time, like Mm. pasta, chicken, nachos and meatballs. Which is also with pasta. Uh, which is also with pasta. But, like, I can never... I just seem to be, like... I feel yeah. like I you hit... You have to plan in advance in order to have the I energy I hit, like, a work. recipe yeah. rut. I don't mm. know what it was. And you just keep, keep making the same thing. So it's really good. You can keep the, you know, recipes that they have. But it's just so nice to know that you don't have to go out and do any shopping. And that, you know, all your meals are pre-prepared. And they're healthy. I mean, it's not the cheapest thing in the world. But it's really nice. We don't get it every week. Mm-hmm. We get it every other week. And it's just... Amazing. I, I can attest it and... is very nice because I come over here to podcast and Laura makes me a delicious dinners. Yeah. So, mm. um, yeah, and it's good to just have the recipes. Then you can recook your faves, which is really nice. So, yes, that's my recommendation for the week. Mm. Um, so what are we talking about today? We're talking about social norms. So specifically weird social norms. Yeah. That just everyone or most people just accept. Mm. But when you actually stop to think about it, they don't make any sense. Yeah, so basically we want to explore why we do the things that we do and 
most of them we just accept and do without even thinking. Um, so why do we follow these certain structures? I think it's just because everyone else is doing them. Um, yeah, they've been going on for a while and you grow up with them knowing that they're normal, thinking that they're normal. Yeah. When you actually slow down to think about it, you think, that's really messed it's up. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it just, when like, you actually just like think a waste. about it. Even yeah. the things you do as habit and you don't even realise you're doing them, it's like, I've literally been trained to do this since I could you know, comprehend English or comprehend anything, really. Comprehend life. Life. And mm. we do all these things without even questioning it. So today we're just going to talk about a couple of those things and hopefully explore some interesting topics and maybe open your eyes to some of the things you didn't realise that you were doing. Mm. I mean, just to keep it bleak from an existential <laughs> standpoint. Just to keep it bleak because... You know, it must be bleak every week. I think bleak did, every did week. Did anybody else die just to keep it bleak? Time for your week bleak. <laughs> it's bleak week. Bleak every week, week is bleak, bleak week. week. I did that way too close to the microphone. <laughs> every week is bleak except for Christmas week. That's not bleak. It was bleak Although for it's Jesus. Bleak. <laughs> Until he rose again. That ah, was that a was good Easter. day. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. wait. Christmas is his birthday. <laughs> Shite. Well, such Can you tell Christians. we're religious? Oh, such religious. <laughs> Until he rose again, like, I'm picturing a floating baby. <laughs> <laughs> Until he rose again four days later at Easter. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Easter just, well, it's funny because Easter just look moves around the, all the time. When we laughed, look how high the sound recording went. I know. It's so bad because when we're actually talking about important things like, yeah, and I think it's really cool. And I, yeah, and Alex, I just, I just don't know. And then listen. when things that. People don't really want to hear. We're like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> oh god! They heard right. it when they had their earphones in, and they just went deaf for a second. It, we can probably fix that. <laughs> I don't want to. Sh- I don't want to deafen people. That's true. Especially you with your blocked ear habits. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I should have recommended the first week. Getting your ear holes blasted Get out ear- by the doctors. <laughs> that is literally. That doesn't sound right. Get your ear holes blasted by your doctor every every so often. If you've ever had a blocked ear in your life, don't mess around with all the ear candling nonsense. Go straight to the doctor's, block billing if you like. And didn't you put drops in your ears and I it made it worse? I put so many, yeah, I had a partially blocked ear <laughs> and I had a hen's night that I was going to and I was like, right, I need to be... <laughs> That's right, you couldn't hear. <laughs> I need to be fresh for this hen's do. <laughs> and we arrived late because the friend that I was going with, um, we got the times mixed up. So we arrived like half an hour late, but right before I left, I was like, I got a half blocked ear. I want to be fresh as fuck for this hen's. I keep thinking I can't swear. I don't know why. I want to be fresh as fuck for this hen's do. So I put these eardrops in to clear out my ear and it completely blocked my ear. Couldn't hear anything out of my left ear. And then I got to this hen's do and I was late. So I sat at the end of the table and people on my left kept speaking to me. And I ended up just saying to people, I'm sorry, I'm deaf in my like left ear. You, you just but said then, like, I'm deaf. Like I'm yeah, deaf now. Yeah. Well, like the first time I said it, I sort of worded it like that. And then someone was like, oh my God, like no problem. And kind of came to my right side. And then I was like, oh shoot, I've implied that I have in hearing Disability. Yeah, yeah. in my left ear. And now I feel like I'm too awkward to say otherwise. I'm a fraud. I'm a fraud. Um, but it's, I don't know, if you ever had a blocked ear, it's super, super frustrating. But I went to the doctor's like two days later, three days of having fully blocked ear and he just pressure blasted it out and it was the best feeling in the world. I think I want to get that done. It's so good. And he was like, oh no, I said, do you need to do my right ear? And he said, no, 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 it's completely clear. But then I could hear, it was like I was, I've got these God senses in my left ear. 
and I was hearing the world for the first time. And my idea was like, well, it's not what, you, what you've always been. You could probably so. hear little blades of grass Singing. touching each other. Oh, okay. <laughs> or, or, or they were singing. Touching each other. <laughs> not touching, not like that. I mean, the, the blades of grass were... Stop that gra- grass, I can hear. Grazing each other. Enough! <laughs> dirty grass. Dirty bitch. Dirty, dirty um, have we been going for 16 minutes? We've been we waffling on for 16 minutes. Sorry, everyone, but don't worry, you love it. Mm. Um, anyway. So the first topic we want to talk about is working and the eight-hour system. So we found this very interesting post um, mm. what, like two or three months ago that kind mm. of blew our mind yeah. and made us sort of reflect on, you know, the, the eight-hour, 40-hour week full-time work Eight hours Jig. rest, eight hours sleep, eight hours... Wait, I did the same thing. Yeah. Eight hours work, eight hours play, eight hours sleep. Yeah, so essentially we are brought up to think, okay, the normal thing to do, the normal job is, you know, nine to five, you work eight hours, you have eight hours for work in your day, eight hours for recreation and resting, and eight hours for sleep. But we want to just explore that a little bit to see why... That is a flawed system and everyone ends up feeling empty and broken. And then regretful on their deathbeds. Yes. So Alex, will you do the honours and read? Read all. Read all. This person on, this is a Reddit post, I believe. I've never used Reddit, but anyway, screenshot. The problem with the idea of eight hours of work, eight hours of sleep and eight hours of recreation as a structure for a day is that it simply can't work that way. If I'm expected to be at work at 9, then my work day must begin at 7, allowing myself a rushed experience to wake up and get to work. And I live close to work, so either my recreation or my sleep needs to take a hit. But for some people, it could be more. 8 hours a day, 5 days a week, as a basis for full-time work is honestly unreasonable at that point. Because it isn't actually 40 hours a week, it's 50 hours a week lost to a job, of which 10 is unpaid. Hmm. And then the next person says, some of my co-workers have two hours of transit to get to work, which takes four to five-ish hours off of their free time. Working full-time is a bad idea and should have never become a thing. And then, this person, Xenoqueer, says, this is, it's worth noting, by design. It's perfectly well known that people can only really work in that they can only consistently and effectively perform tasks and create products three to six hours a day, for one hour or two hours at a time. Generally speaking, the broad consensus among actual research is to aim for about four hours a day. The rest of these work hours and the associated sunken time necessary to get to and from these work hours serves one purpose. It exhausts people because people who don't have leisure time are stressed. People who are stressed need conveniences. People who need conveniences will pay for them. People who are stressed also don't have the energy to fight for their rights, having expended all that energy in just staying alive. And let's not forget that maintaining a clean home and providing food for yourself takes over 20 hours a week, approximately 20 hours in-house and varying hours spent running outside errands. And that's if you're completely abled. Also, that paradigm doesn't include 8 hours for recreation. The quote goes 8 hours of work, 8 hours of sleep and 8 hours of what you will which probably includes getting ready for work and showering, etc. So... That just... That boggles my mind. And I remember the day I read that, it was like everything was so clear to me. Yeah. And I thought to myself, wow. And I thought back to how I felt when I was working full-time. And I thought, yeah, like I was too exhausted to do anything. And although 
we're made to believe that it's set up for eight hours of sleep, eight hours of rest and eight hours of work. It doesn't actually work that way at all. No. Like that you you do lose a lot of time just traveling and getting ready for work, like probably two hours either side. So something has to take a cut. Either your sleep or your recreational time has to forfeit however many hours for you to perform properly in your job. Mm. And I feel like if you exercise right, essentially if you work a full-time job and you exercise five days a week or six days a week, which is recommended, your day may go something like you get up in the morning, you get ready, you go to work, you're at work all day, you go home, you spend an hour or something in the gym, you go home again, you eat dinner and you go to sleep Mm -hmm. in order to get eight hours sleep again. And that takes out five out of seven days of your week every week. And then Saturday and Sunday is left to run around doing all the jobs, doing all the socializing. Doing your housework and yeah. Mm. Which doesn't make sense. And this is one of the things that gets very frustrating because obviously it's so ingrained in society and everyone's expected to do it and everyone has just been doing it. And obviously the conditions are a lot better than what they were like 100 years ago and things, but it still doesn't make sense. Mm. And this is what is frustrating. You can get all this scientific information that says we're the most productive for only three to four hours a day, Mm. but people aren't just going to change overnight. But everyone can understand this and there still can't be a change yeah it's funny how there's all this evidence around us only being able to function properly for those that many hours in a day and yet we're still expected to slog it for eight hours a day Mm. i remember when i was working full time i actually 100 percent agree i think i only got four hours a day of like good solid work Mm. and the rest of the time i was either distracted tired wanting to eat something making a coffee or just staring at my screen because I couldn't concentrate. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and I know that's why sometimes I feel like, wow, I've been here for so long. I've had eight hours. Why haven't I done that much work? Mm. And when you do focus and you have all these deadlines and you do slog out and work for that many hours for eight hours in a full day, you are just mentally fucked. Like it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. Isn't it somewhere in the Netherlands, like, they don't start work until, like, 10.30 and they work till 2 or something? I think it's, like, yeah, Scandinavian countries. They do, I think they're on five or six hours a day. Yeah. But they've, like, they've, all the research coming out of that is showing that there's actually a lot more work because people work a lot more efficiently. They get more out. Correct. So if you're not thinking when you arrive at 9 in the morning, like, oh, I have to get all the way through to 5. Yeah. Like, if you think, I've got this much work, I've got this many hours to do it, people just get down to it and then they can go home and they can spend time with their kids or go do exercise. Well, they also start later as well. And that being Mm. that there's lots of studies that show that we don't really function properly. We're not able to create um, and knuckle down and do hard work until we've been up for so many hours. Mm. I remember getting to work... I mean, I get to work now at eight o'clock in the morning and I do it in the warehouse. I don't really have a job where I have to switch my brain on, but I don't think I'd be able to switch my brain on at full capacity until like nine or nine thirty mm. after I've been awake for like two to three hours already. Yeah. Um, I don't know why that is. Mm. It's, it's just pretty crazy how, you know, there's all these studies to show that this is a thing, but we're still living in a world where, you're still expected to do the full-time job. Yeah. And it's literally, you're wasting, like we all have limited time over things. Like you're literally wasting hours and hours and hours yeah. of your life. When it all builds you up. You need to. Yeah. I remember when I was working in West Melbourne, it would take me over an hour sometimes to get to work. So that was two hours out of every single day that I was wasting sitting in a car 
going to a job that I didn't really enjoy too much. Mm. That's another story. But I was thinking to myself, wow, that's 10 hours a week that I just don't get back. And what am I doing with those 10 hours? Then I started to think, well, I should be maybe learning something. Maybe I should be listening to audiobooks or I don't know. But then you just don't want to because you just want to switch your brain off. And then mm. it's really funny because then after work, you get into this cycle of, um, you know, I used to get home from work at like six o'clock. I'd cook my dinner. Me and Nick would eat. I'd go and have a shower. We'd watch a little bit of telly and like wash up, go to sleep. And that was every single night. You get in a routine and then you just don't even feel connected with your partner or to yourself because you're not talking. Mm. You're too exhausted to talk. You're too exhausted to fight the system. Exactly. And that's so interesting, that point that they made. Like, it's tiring us out so much that we can't be bothered pushing back against it. Yeah. Even though we're in it. And then we will use that money that we're earning to buy things to make our lives more convenient because we don't have the time to do it for ourselves. Hmm. Yeah. And just keeps that whole, the whole society, capitalism. Capitalism. It just keeps it going. And I never thought about it that way. Yeah. That, you know the more worn out you are, the more you, you're willing to just throw away your money for things that... Like short-term comforts convenience. just make yourself feel... I mean, far out. I just recommended HelloFresh. Yeah, That's because one don't thing have time. Because, because they, I don't yeah. have time to go out and do grocery shopping every single time and it's an effort to think about what to cook and then you feel guilty for having the same thing over and over again. You mm-hmm. want to mix up your life. You want to be healthy, but you don't have the time to be healthy. But if you finish at 3 o'clock every day instead of like 5... Well, I guess, yeah, I do now. I mean, I finish at like 3.30 at the warehouse Mm. and I love that. I mean, I only work four days a week and I don't want to work any more than four days a week. I love having a day off in the middle of the week to just recharge, Mm. do those things that I don't want to do on the weekend because the weekend is the only time I have to spend with Nick. Yeah, because Nick works nine to five normal. And I also want to socialize and see my family and relax on the weekend. Mm. And it's really funny because this weekend I had... I had a very busy week last week. I basically worked five days actually. And I had a really busy weekend. So I didn't have time to stop or do housework or reconnect and just relax. And I felt out of sorts because I didn't have the time to do any of those things because yeah. I was too tired and too busy because yeah. I hadn't done them on my day off. Yeah. It's, it's weird. And through, like, yeah, you can get really like, you feel like you're really behind. Like our age at the mm-hmm. moment as well. Like if you go away for a weekend to go to a wedding or something, you're so behind oh. on everything. Yeah, it's funny. Do you mm. do you ever get the feeling? I know I feel like this, especially, you know, living with someone who does work full time. Do you ever get the feeling that you're not contributing enough to just society in general? Yeah, I do. Because full time is the norm. It's like if you're not doing that, people will look, be looking at you, thinking, "What are you doing with your life?" Like. Mm. Go get a full-time job. Like, start taking yourself seriously. Yeah. It's like you're not really taken seriously in a profession or just as an adult unless you have a full-time job and that's what you're doing. Mm. This is the societal expectation, I think, because, like, people think that there isn't... Like, that's the only option. So, I work, obviously, three really sort of random part-time jobs. Mm. And sometimes they're on the weekends, sometimes they're not. And it's funny how, for example, I'm work. Last weekend, I worked Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. 
But then on Wednesday, I was at home all day and I kind of felt a little bit weird because I live with my brother and sister-in-law. Both of them work Monday till Friday, nine till five. Mm-hmm. And it's, I feel a bit weird when I've been at home all day and then they come home from work. And yeah, it's like, oh, what like did you do? And I feel like I almost have to justify, justify everything that I did. having a day to rest. Yeah, even though last week, I think I only had one full day off. Yeah. Last week. And like, obviously they had Sunday worked on the and weekend. Sunday. Because I worked on the weekend. Um, and it varies a bit. Sometimes I only work two days a week. Sometimes I work seven days a week. But, yeah. Um, I don't know if that's a, um, I don't know if that's our own insecurity. Mm. There probably is our own insecurity because we've been raised to believe that going and working full time and working those hours is what you should be doing. Yeah. And we're going against the grain I was just and we feel that, like yeah. people will judge us for going against the grain. But yeah. I honestly don't believe that as humans, we are made to be working in that structure. Yeah. I don't think it's healthy. Hmm. I don't think it, it does anything good for your health at all. No. Uh, and mental physical and physical or, yeah, health. Exactly. I don't think it does any good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you earn you earn a stable income. That those are the good perks. You earn a stable income. If you want to take time off, you'll still get paid. Yeah. If you're sick, you'll still get paid. Whereas people in our position, we don't have that. Yeah. So it's like the you're rewarded for being part of the system for giving up more of your hours than yeah. you need to. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're always <clears throat> going to have a certain amount of discomfort for going against the grain. Yeah. But but that just doesn't might just might not suit you. Yeah. Well, the grain doesn't make sense anyway though but because everyone switch like these scandinavian places are and everyone just works six hours yeah the research shows that these workplaces end up with a better work output from their employees they're more productive anyway. with their time yeah well well they get um they will get more productive work out of six hours than what they do out of eight hours yeah so you work less you get better output you get better results for your company but your yeah. workers aren't as stressed overall yeah so it's a win-win on in every situation from every angle mm. from what we see from the research yet nobody wants to change because it's so ingrained i think it's just a business thing yeah it's just how businesses function or like everything would fall to bits if every business in australia just decided to you know adopt their own you know imagine if all these different companies were just like no i'm not gonna we're not open on mondays anymore we're not open on fridays we're open overnight or we're open mm. One till nine, like the the times when you want to contact those businesses goes all out of whack. Like Mm. I think it's been set up like that. So it's everyone's on the same page. Mm. Like once it hits five o'clock, if I need to ring a company or somewhere where I have an appointment, I'm like, oh, well, I can't ring. They're not there. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, well, and that being that's... said, though, if you're working all day 9 till 5 and you need to get in contact with a business that's only open 9 till 5, yeah, it's when hard. do you call them? It's hard. Yeah, so with me, I've not really had a problem because this is what I enjoy about working part-time and, like, flexible shift work hours mm. sort of thing is that, like, I can go to the supermarket in the midday on a Wednesday and there's yeah. nobody there. Or if I need to call up a certain service, I can do it when everyone else is at work so I don't have to wait for hours. Yeah. Which is the other thing. You need to do one of these things out of work hours and you have to wait such a long time yeah and that's your leisure time that you're Mm. spending and also like if let's just say like i don't know how this would work practically but let's say that works could be open between 8 a.m and 6 p.m and you could come in for whatever six hours you liked as long as you've got your hours and as long as there's someone there Yeah, yeah as long as there's someone there like everyone has to be there like between like 11 and 3 let's say yeah but you could rotate however you liked if you and your spouse have children you could rotate pick up drop-off times at school there'd be less people on the roads 
Well, it also wouldn't make it as hard for people to go back to work after having kids either. Yeah. Because it would function with, you know, um, schooling and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas most uh, mums or dads that need to go back to work need to get sitters or organise people to pick their kids up and stuff like that or have to leave work early and maybe start earlier. Which is another thing that blows my mind. Like you have kids, but then you have to be at work all the time. So you have to pay someone else to look after your kids. It's crazy. So that's the capitalism. That's the capitalism thing. Yeah. That's what it is. It's like, it's how our world functions. We're all paying mm. for a service all the time. Mm. Another really interesting point that I wanted to bring up is, um, so we have this 40 hour work week, right? And when you're in a job where I think you're only... It's more in cor- in the corporate world. You start off earning, you know, a mediocre wage. Normal, like, let's take my husband, for example. So when Nick left uni, he got offered 50 grand a year for 40, 40 hours a week, however many days, four weeks of holiday pay, right, right, right. But he was really lucky in that he got accepted into an accounting firm that was pretty relaxed and not, like, too massive. He's thought quite a few times about moving to one of like the big four accounting firms, which are very prestigious, but I don't think he would ever want to. He might make more money there, but it's funny because those graduates or people that have been there for like even one to two to three years are expected to work overtime. Mm, I hate that. And it's Mm. like you're seen as more dedicated to your job if you're willing to work without getting paid. So if you're staying back till six, when everyone else is knocked off at five, people are like, wow, what a hard worker. And I remember doing that myself and thinking, well, I'm really proving myself. Like I'm only getting paid for eight hours, but I'm doing nine. Like Mm. I'm really showing my worth. And now I look at that and I think, oh, dumb. Like, and it'll just keep getting not... bigger. Like if everyone expects you to work till six, everyone does. And then someone else will start working till well, seven. Well, it creates this cycle of, you know, people just entering the workforce feeling like they have to put in more than what they're getting paid for just to keep up. Yeah. So then everyone starts working overtime. Everyone starts working 10-hour days. And you have to work those 10-hour days too if you want to stay in the running for your job and for promotions just to keep up. Mm. And if you're not working those overtime hours, you're seen as not as dedicated. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, it does. It, it's really weird how that social construct just generates itself and you're sort of expected to do that time mm. to show your dedication, which I yeah. think is, it's just kind of silly. Well, my brother comes home from work all the time and they leave for work at about 7 in the morning and they get back anytime between 4.30 and 5.30. So they always start work by 8, 8.30. Yeah. And he is always doing work at home on the couch after work. Yeah. So even if we're watching Netflix together or something, he has his computer out and he's like mm. writing off to people doing reports. And it's just, you think, haven't you done enough work for today? Yeah. Like, why is this expected that you're doing even more now. And I also want to note, like, I understand that obviously this is sort of, even having this conversation is a privileged thing to do in a lot of countries. Oh, for you, know, sure. you have to work 12 hours just to have the bare minimum to stay alive, to feed your family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, it's very, it's very, very different. Mm. But I think it's still worth talking about. Oh, Things for sure. still don't make sense. I know that a lot of people listen to this and immediately be like, oh, these millennials complaining about having to work, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, literally look at the facts though look at what it's not is about logical. not wanting to work it's just about using your time effectively and yeah. not tiring yourself out to where you feel, feel miserable mm. i mean we talked about this i don't know if it was 
I think it was in the first episode that we did yeah. about waiting till Friday night yes. and just waking up on Monday morning, dreading the whole week and just waiting for Friday. And I feel like that is so mentally unhealthy. Mm. All these terms like hump day. Hump day. It get, yeah. It's just a term to get you through the week. TGI. And then I used to find myself getting to Sundays and feeling really depressed and sad that Monday was just around the corner mm. and it all goes so fast. Yep. Um, can't wait to go through all these five days to get through those two days that just flash by and then mm-hmm. you're back on it again. Mm. And the fact that you only get four weeks of holiday leave, that blew my mind when I first figured that out mm-hmm. when I was like 16. Yeah. Blew my mind. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, what was your point? Um, oh, you were talking about your brother bringing work home. Mm. I used to do that too quite frequently. And then I hit a point one day when I, where I stopped and I actually got given a work phone. So I got given a brand new phone. It was an iPhone. It was the best one on the market at the time. Mm. And I had my own phone that was not as good. And I remember when I got it, everyone was like, why would you keep your own phone if you can just have your work phone, which you don't pay for? Like, why are you paying for two phones? And I deliberately did that because I found that I was doing work at home if I was paying a lot of attention to my attention to my work phone. Right. Does that make sense? So you actually had to have that separation, so you could be like, I, I liked my work having phone over there. correct. I liked yep. having my my phone separate because I fell into the trap of like always checking my work phone when I got home and then after dinner and then before I went to bed and I'd mm. see emails and it would stress me out and I felt like I never had I had never switched off from work. Yeah. So then I started putting my work phone away and like putting it on in do not disturb at the end of the day, I put it on charge, leave it in the kitchen and I wouldn't look at it again until I got to work the next day. And yeah. it was really good to have them separate. And like so many people didn't understand that. And I just felt it was so important because I realized that I was just doing my work at home and I was I had my work brain switched on when I was home when I wasn't supposed to. Yeah. And yeah. then that also leads into your employees expecting you to reply at like nine o'clock at night because they're like, oh, she'll be on her phone. Yeah. And I made a point of like never really replying to emails again after work as well because mm. people then take start to take that for granted and expect you to be responding and being available at all, all hours of the night, yeah. which is not... And you're right, it doesn't let your brain switch off. No, I found that I was never switching off. Mm. And then you're always anxious and then you fall asleep thinking about what you're going to have on the next day or how you're going to reply to that email. Mm. And it was just not not health. Mm. Not health at all. Not health, none's health. Something that's always sort of got me, because I did the the corporate world as well, but not for as long. Mm. And it was a bit more relaxed. So I used to work for our university. In oh, that was a deacon. Year. Yes. Yep. And it was still technically corporate. Um, but I just found it so interesting having to dress for the part. Mm. And I don't know where to begin with this. When I was actually at the university, it was quite chill. We could sort of wear whatever we wanted. Mm. So I'd just go straight from our drama classes where you had to wear quite free um, moving clothing mm-hmm. to the office. And that was fine because it was just me and my core group. But then occasionally we need to go into the city to go to sort of headquarters for the university. And then we were expected to wear corporate clothing. And to me, I was sort of in the peak of discovering existentialism. And I always sort of just thought this is a really... like Why do we have to do this? Particularly in Australia, in the middle of summer, it can be 40, 45 degrees Celsius. Oh, Wearing a suit. And you, yeah. you're you expected to wear a suit. And it just makes sense. I see these guys absolutely sweating balls walking around the streets. And 
the, you know, swarms of them, oceans of men in these big bloody fucking suits. Must be so hot. It's and amazing it's just... how um, no one has developed like a summer version of yes. corporate menswear. Yeah. Like shorts, but like. Yeah. You wouldn't. You just wear shorts, right? Like I cannot even fathom. Like Nikki works in a corporate office. If he walked in in shorts, like tailored shorts. Mm. He'd probably get sent home. Yeah. And somewhere like what? England, yeah. I miss maybe like if your maximum temperature is like 25, it's, it's still like, do you need to do it? It's just it's something that we all do. And yeah, when you think about somebody walking into the office in shorts, you think like inappropriate. But why is it inappropriate? Why do we think that? It's yeah. completely illogical. And this is sort of, I remember having this conversation. I was probably a bit out of line, but I had this conversation with my boss because I came to, to work in shorts and sort of just a knitted jumper mm. and she said something to me like alex you can't wear that here and i said why and she was like well it's not it's not appropriate it's not professional enough and i said to be but fair who's looking at you well yeah i'm like who really cares and i said well to be fair i can see at least three or four women around you who are wearing skirts and a knitted jumper and she's like that's different than women and i don't mean to imply that like women have it better off in the workplace because mm. clearly that's not the case but i thought even just from like a gender situation mm. And, and again, women probably have to change their clothes every day, which is much more frustrating because a mm-hmm. man can get away wearing the same suit like three days in a row. Mm-hmm. So he changes his tie or something. But it's like, so why is it appropriate that women can wear something a bit shorter, let their legs breathe, but men are not allowed to? They must always be in trousers. Unsightly hairy legs. Unsightly hairy legs, which is another point that we'll get to. Mm. <laughs> um like it, it literally doesn't make sense. And surely you would be more productive at work again, more productive if you're more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And the most comfortable, like if I'm at home editing videos or for editing a podcast, I'm sitting here right now in my tracksuit pants because they're comfortable. Mm. And it, at my work, my retail job, I can wear whatever. I can wear a hoodie, and it's comfortable because you're moving around a lot. Mm. It's like, why do you need to wear uncomfortable clothing to sit in a chair all day for eight hours? I feel like it is changing a little bit, but definitely not in the corporate world. Yeah. I find it very unfair. And I don't know why. It's funny how we associate certain types of clothes with being professional and being Mm. taken seriously. And if you didn't wear those things, you'd look like a slob. Yeah. But it might just be your normal casual wear. But because you're seen in that role, it's just totally unacceptable. Yeah. And I don't get why. Like, why are we dressing uncomfortably, especially in a job where... You have to sit all day yes. in it. Sit. And sit and, and be all, you know. Oh. Put in your own juices. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to Particularly me. Particularly in Australia where it gets so hot. It, do- it does. I feel so sorry for Nick. Nick walks to the station um, to and from work every single day. And mm. sometimes in summer, I just think, God, how do you do it? And mm. I find it quite funny because they have casual Fridays. Mm-hmm. But you're still not allowed to wear certain things to casual Fridays. Yeah. There are still things that are considered inappropriate. Like you're allowed to wear a t-shirt, but you're not allowed to wear it a t-shirt with a print. Oh, okay. It's just like plain t-shirt. But I, that's in many, many, many corporate, um, many, many different corporate um, businesses. They give you a casual day, but there are still things that are off limits. Mm. And like, to be fair, if you can have one casual day, why can't you have every casual day? Exactly. Why? Has that one... If you don't think that one casual day is going to impact your office on a Friday, why does it have to be different for any other day? Mm. Yeah, my brother just the other day bought like $300 or something worth of new work shirts. You're joking. No, because you you just need to... That would have only been like three or four shirts. Yeah, I think it was four shirts. And it's just... 
insane. And then just like, okay, something like, even wearing a tie. Mm. Why does everyone have to wear a tie? I understand wearing a tie ties for a wedding or so something. Ties are so weird. So weird. Have you ever thought about ties just as a thing? Let me tie a, a little noose around my How neck. How weird is it? Like, it's almost like, you know, the symbol of like giving yourself over to the corporate life. Yeah. Let me just... Tug on this tie. Tug on <laughs> my neck, please. Pull me along like a little yes. puppy. A little leash. I have a collar or it's, it's a noose around my neck and this is it. And this is what I will wear every day for the next 50 years till I retire. And then probably keep wearing... I mean, to be fair, also, I used to work with a guy who, even on the days that we were at uni and we could wear whatever we wanted, he always wore a suit because that was who he was comfortable in. But that's fine. If he's most comfortable oh, working in a suit, and, I guess like, so. But we should wear what's comfortable. It only makes sense. Yeah. And then if we want to switch around, let's look at women in the workplace who are expected <laughs> to change their clothes every single day. Oh, every day. If you wear came a to full work... face of makeup. Yeah. And waxed, high heels. High heels. Can we talk about high heels? Yes, we can talk about high heels. Just for a bloody minute, like high heels as a, just as a thing in general. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I say this, I've got like 30 pairs upstairs that I don't wear anymore because they're so uncomfortable. Mm, but you can't get rid of minimalism? I can't get rid of them. This is where I struggle, okay? This is my one thing that I can't get rid of. It's shoes. I have a problem. Um, but I find it so odd that yeah, the high-heeled shoe is only for women and women are expected to wear them in, in order to look more presentable and, yeah. and like sexy. Yeah. It's if supposed to make flats, your legs like, look nicer. Who that? Oh, it's like you shouldn't be wearing flats with a pencil skirt because it makes your legs look stumpy. It's like, yeah. yeah you mean how they like, literally are? It makes my legs how look my legs normal. Are normal. Exactly. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. Um, so we were looking up the origins of high heels a mm. while ago, weren't we? And we were talking about how they were originally created for men, mm-hmm. which is so funny. Yeah, because now it's like... You wouldn't I mean, see it's changing a, man. a little bit. Oh, it you're, is. You're getting a bit more of like a fashion crossover now, but like very recently. But originally it was to keep your feet in your little stirrups, wasn't in it? In your stirrups. And to be more tall, taller and imposing during, like for generals and things. So people in the army would wear them a lot. People in the army and aristocrats yes. to make themselves look taller. Yeah. And then in like the 15th or I can't remember what it said, 15th or 17th century, it swapped over. They started making them for women. Mm. But the female ones, sometimes they were up to, was it 54 centimeters high? Yeah, something like And so then yeah. they had to make their skirts really long at, because the taller you were as a woman, I don't know, the more respected you were. I don't know if that's yeah, a thing. Yeah, and then but they needed to have maids as supports to they move needed them to, around. Just to move them around. And mm. I find that so interesting nowadays because women, you know, it, it's seen as very fashionable and very sexy for a woman to put on a high heel. Mm. But I know that so many women are self-conscious about being tall. Like, I'm I'm yeah. quite tall for a woman. I'm 5'8", five, five I think. Mm. Um, and I know every time I wear heels, I feel a bit self-conscious because it's just seen as like women shouldn't be as tall as men. Like if I'm standing next to a guy and I'm taller than him, I, I feel immediately uncomfortable and I Mm. don't know why that is. Mm. It's like, I'm, I think it might be like a dominant thing. Yeah. Like you feel more dominant if you're bigger. And I think that's why high heels were created in the first place to make you seem taller. made you mean you were more important and more in charge. Yeah. And for some reason, like a man might feel emasculated by a taller girlfriend. Correct. Like I could never date a girl taller than me. Why not? Why not? Why does it matter? Why? Literally why? I was watching, I've just started watching Love Island, Australia. And Mm. I, there were these two new girls that came in 
And the existing girls in the villa were like, oh, so who, who have you got your eyes set on? And they were like, oh, this boy, this, and this boy. And like, why those two? And this girl was like, oh, because I mean, I'm quite tall for a girl. And I mean, those are the only two boys that are taller than me. So that's the only, those are the only two that would work. Yeah. She literally disregarded six other men because they weren't as tall as her. Yeah. But I don't know if I would do any differently in that, in that situation because it's ingrained in my brain that i should be smaller than a man and a man should be taking care of me and they're bigger and stronger and even if you can think like i want to be independent have my own career everything you still have this sort of like feeling even though i know it's not right like i can i can i can understand and realize how those thoughts are not right Mm -hmm. but they still pop up in my head as a knee-jerk reaction like that's my first reaction yeah and I've had, like, again, around the age that a lot of people are getting married, like you. Yes. And I often get my friends say things like, I really want to wear these high heels, but I can't because then I'll be taller than my husband on mm-hmm. our wedding day. Mm-hmm. Did you do that? Did you have to worry about heels? Oh, Nick's quite tall, though. I'm as tall as Nick in my highest pair of heels. So I'm pretty... Okay. <laughs> Why would I say fine. that? I'm pretty lucky. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I know that other people will think I look weird. Like... Mm. You don't want to be seen as a behemoth woman. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. why? I don't get it. I have a friend who I've always referred to as a giant. Yeah. And then I was like, quite recently, I was just standing next to her and I realized that I'm in fact taller than her. And I'm like, why do I think that you are so, so tall when you're not? Because I'm not that tall for a no. man. I mean, like maybe, maybe slightly above average. I mean, you the same height? Uh, I'm 5'9". So, oh, five nine. Okay, yeah. so like, you're a little bit like taller, taller than me. Than you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's really weird. Five it's nine really, half, really anyway. weird. Yeah. I love. I love it when I notice these things about how I think. Mm. And you're like, why did yeah, I have that? Why. why did I have that thought? Why did I have that reaction? Because mm. it feels like I feel like something else has taken over my brain. Like I don't feel in control of why I'm having that reaction. Right. And it's so interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's yeah. like, why has this thought invaded my like, mind? Because you're like, society's opinions, not your own yeah, opinions. Yeah, like, I don't necessarily believe it, but that's mm. the first thought that comes into my head. And I'm like, oh, and it's like a little moment where I go, oh, no. And I'm mm. having like this little internal battle in my brain. Yeah. It's crazy. I think at some point we'll probably have a whole uh, episode about existentialism. But this is what I found with everything. When I really started looking into existentialism, it made me question everything. Because essentially it says that nothing means anything. anything so then i was like analyzing every aspect of life and thinking does that actually have any merit no it doesn't but it's just what everyone does yeah and like oh everything everything what else do we have on our list before we get too sidetracked sidetracked should we talk about relationships and like social yeah. norms surrounding relationships yeah why not speaking of getting married and not being told than your partner yeah <laughs> yeah that's a nice little segue <laughs> um well yeah the first thing that comes to mind t- for me about relationships is just the whole concept of cheating and having the one partner for your whole life or mm. that never being, it never being accepted for the partners to cross over or anything like that. Like mm. why have we decided as a collective that if you're in a, if you've committed to someone, you're not allowed to commit to anybody else. Mm. I'm not saying that that's my view. Like I, I enjoy the idea of, being with Nick for the rest of my life. And if he slept with someone else or if I slept with someone else, I would be absolutely devastated. Like I would feel like my whole life has come crumbling down, Hmm. but I'd like to know why I think like that. 
Yeah, like, is why that your is view that... or is that society's Exactly, view? is yeah. that my view? And if I took a step back and tried to challenge that, everyone would think I'm really weird. Like polyamory mm. and all of that kind of stuff is seen as like so taboo Still and so, frowned, so upon. frowned upon. I feel like in the future it's going to get more chill because I found that when we're having this big marriage debate for uh, marriage equality, yeah. Like sometimes people would bring up obviously bestiality because people are fucking idiots, but people would also bring up things like what's next, you know, like multiple wives, like multiple marriage. And I'm like, well, but to that be does fair, exist like, in other countries. Yeah. And it's like, to be fair, what's actually wrong with it? If you get three people who are genuinely in love with each other and want to get married, like I literally don't have an issue with it because it doesn't affect me negatively. Like if everyone in that situation yeah. is actually happy. And at first my opinion was like, nah, that's, that's messed up. But then I realized I was like, well, actually, if you think about it logically, there's not really anything wrong with it. It's just that's my opinion of it from growing up and from society and from this image of there's a man and a woman and that is marriage and it's just the two of them. I think about all the times that like some, I've had an instance with a friend where there's been cheating and, you know, they feel like their life has come crumbling down Mm. and they're so upset and they're crying and I've like helped them through that. Oh, I can't remember where I was going with this. Mm. But I think about how we have those reactions to um, something like that. And why do we get so upset about it? Because mm. realistically, you know, your spouse or long-term partner that you live with is not that far away. It's, it's not that far removed from a best friend. Yeah. It's just that you, you are romantically involved and you have sexual intimacy. Mm. But we don't frown upon us having multiple best friends. I was just thinking that's funny. But we frown upon mm. us having more than one romantic partner. Mm. Where for some people, it might be normal for them to, you know, have more than one romantic partner. Maybe they get different types of intimacy with different people. They get different things out of it. Yeah. Just like how you have different friends. Like I know that there are some things I go to certain friends for and not others because you get something different out of that relationship. Yeah. And... It's just so weird. It is so, so weird how we just accept that as as normal. And if someone's caught cheating, we're all like, oh, my God, a scandal. They're an asshole. They're a terrible person. And then that person just feels so guilty. And it's like, but what did they... I believe... Like, I, my reaction is like, yes, they did the wrong thing. How could they? You've committed to this person. But... Why is that a construct that we've created mm. that you're supposed to be with that one person forever and yeah. you can't you can't cross that over? I think I'm not 100% sure about this, but I feel like maybe it's this idea that we have that everybody is one half and you are not whole until you find your other half and then you are just two halves of a whole together and you complete each other and that is it. But it's like you're never going to yeah. match up 100% perfectly well, and no. completely perf- like fix each other, which I think a lot of people maybe are looking for not to say that you always have to look elsewhere and things like that but i don't think it's too they're looking for different things that yeah that stimulate them in different ways because not everyone can satisfy your needs in every single way mm. if you expect one person to do that like a husband or 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 a wife you're literally going to be pretty unhappy because you're going to be expecting them to do all these things for you that they can't do because it's just not part of their DNA. It's not, yeah. it's not their personality, Yeah. but it, it's very interesting how yeah. it makes people feel like what you just said, how you're constantly searching for that other half. Mm. That whole idea makes single people feel really insecure mm. and feel terrified and feel like that they're not going to be fulfilled 
if mm. they don't find that other person like and then be complete that their life's not worth it if yeah. that makes sense like they haven't reached the ultimate if they haven't found a mm. partner mm. i think again i feel like this is going to be another podcast as well but i think i've been single for so long that i now find it weird the idea of being with somebody else because i feel like i am such a complete person by myself yeah i don't know how i would actually be with one person all the time but i feel like that is quite rare yeah like i know that um i know that i would probably struggle to be single but i think that's because i haven't been single for a very long time nearly Mm. 10 years so i wouldn't even know the first thing i wouldn't even know what to do yeah and i think especially because you and it got together when you were 16 he was 17 yeah yeah um and I think because like during those years, you're breaking away from having, I was reading about this developmental phase that you go through where you kind of, you have your parents' beliefs and values and then you sort of start to adjust and figure out your own in your late teens mm. and early 20s. So then like, if you've done that with somebody else and they're a very integral part of that, I guess, and you probably share a lot of things. Yeah. But maybe if you've done it solo, you don't, I don't know, like maybe you've done it more separately. Also an interesting research I was reading about was... um speaking about gender roles, women cope with the death of their, if speaking about heterosexual relationships, a death of their husband a lot better, quotes, than what the male does because women have very open emotional relationships with their friends. Yes. Whereas males, particularly in an English, Australian slash um, English, British society, um, they don't really have deep emotional connections with Mm. their male friends yeah so they rely very heavily on their wives emotionally and their girlfriends i think this is why they find it really really difficult also why men just randomly have these emotional outbursts and punch other men because they don't know how to deal with their feelings but anyway and also um, just suicide in in general the suicide rate in you know middle-aged men is so ridiculously high Mm. because i think a lot of men haven't been taught how to just express themselves in general and talk about things yeah and if you have mental um health problems and you've been relying a lot heavily relying emotionally on your female partner and then she decides that it's too much for her and she leaves you or leaves you for whatever reason or she dies or she dies and then where does that sort of leave you and it's very overwhelming for a lot of yeah yeah it would be it would totally be Mm. yeah because you have nobody to speak to about it and if you speak to somebody about it some people may call you a pussy or man up or things like this Mm. hmm Anyway, so many tangents. <laughs> oh, yes. Where the hell did kissing come from? Speaking of relationships. Yeah. Ever thought about how weird it is to just mash your mouth holes together? I don't know why that is seen as some Like, I wonder this. Okay, you know how there are certain things that we do mm. that are intimate that will, like, instantly turn you on? Mm. Like, kissing. Mm. Would it... Would you have the same reaction... Like, has it always been a turn on? Like, when did people decide to start kissing? Like, like the first, the first people that it. kissed mm. ever, did they feel sexually aroused? Or is it just because we see it as something to do when you want to be intimate that we feel like it is intimate? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, the first person to do it, was everyone thinking, that's fucked? Or was everyone what suddenly are they doing? thinking, yeah. that's, that's fucking hard. Because what if they, like, smushed their ears together instead? And then everyone... What if that it. was kissing? What if you yeah. just touched 
ear holes mm. and that was considered what if, erotic. What if you I mean, it might stuck be for a finger people. up the other's left nostril? And that was like kissing. Yeah. Like where does Apparently it... the kissing thing, I think I saw a YouTube video about it a while ago and they sort of explaining it. How do you know all it. these random facts? I get in YouTube holes. Yeah, I And I studied science. But I think part of it was, like, I don't think they actually know, but I think one of the top theories is like a pheromone thing. So when you're seeking a partner, you want to have somebody with a very different immune system to you so that your offspring have the best chance of survival. Okay. Because they get a bit of both. And you instant you instinctively know that? Yeah, you get you, know, you get stronger um, pheromone yep. whatever connection. Sensory excitement. Yes. From something like, you know, matching your salivary glands together. That's so weird. Yeah. But it's odd. Like it's when very did, odd. Yeah. And just other little things like shaking hands yeah. to greet someone. Yeah. What if that was like mashing your elbows together? Why it do I keep been. saying mashing? Like just mashing like your ear holes, mashing your elbows. Just mash, mash, mash. Or like touching touching big toes. Like, hello. Yeah. What about what when if- you just like open up your big toe and your second big toe and you just scissor them together? <laughs> <laughs> Greetings. Hello. Bang. It's very odd. Mm. Like who thought to do that? Why? That... Because you an open hand, it goes back a while. An open hand is to say I haven't got a weapon. I was just thinking it's probably like the I'm not thing. a threat. Mm, yeah. And then it's decided that we just put the non-threatening just palms together. Just to be together. extra sure there's no invisible weapon. Correct. But then it's also romantic when you hold hands together. What else? I've definitely hugging? not got a weapon. Hugging. Mm, hugging is weird, isn't hugging it? Hugging is another thing. Yeah. The way we hug. It just calms me down to have another warm body on me. Like yeah, like why is it so comforting? Let us. You know those comics, the alien comics? Yeah, yeah. The right. Nathan, Pyle. Nathan Pyle. Strange Planet. Oh, oh, hi to me. So I'm yawning. Funny. Strange Planet. They are the best comics. Look them up. That's another recommendation. What else? Just how about the idea of just laws in general? Yeah. Like the rules of our world. Like the the laws that we just abide by. Yeah. I saw this really interesting uh, video. I think it was on Facebook. And this guy, people were making fun of him in this video, but this redneck, let's say, guy in America had been pulled over by the cops and they were saying, you haven't paid your registration. He was saying, why should I have to? Yeah. This is, he was going on the God angle. This is God's road. This is God's land. And why do I need to do it just because somebody told me I do? Like, can't I just roam wherever I want to? And the police officer was like, no, you can't drive here unless you paid your Mm. permit. And he's like, why? And then everyone was like, ha, oh, what an idiot. But then I thought, actually, that's kind of like a, a valid point. Like, you're just telling him he can't do this because the, the reason is, of course, that people have to pay these fees so you can keep the roads maintained so you can actually use the roads. Correct. Can, but, like, I, it got me thinking about laws and things in general. Like, no, yeah. you're not allowed to stay there unless you pay all these fees. Like, you pay for a house, then you have to pay all these other fees on top of that. And it's but like, even just, just because people tell you you have to things that are considered a crime like obviously most crimes are listed as a crime for a reason because they're not very delightful Mm, but not very delightful not very delightful but things like speeding like we we just obey without question Mm. and someone's written in some fucking book somewhere okay on this road you're not allowed to travel more than this does everyone agree yes so if anyone travels over this speed they will get a fine Mm. and they'll have to pay us money Mm. For going too quickly in their vehicle. And if they do it again, well, they're not allowed to drive anymore. And if they do it again, well, we'll send them to prison. 
Yes, we'll lock them in a room for a certain amount of time that we've decreed. It's just crazy. I can't even begin to think of all of the different laws that we just abide by, mm. but it's just crazy how we... I think things have just, like, slowly evolved. We do it without but, question. But, like, laws are necessary, I guess, to have such large groups of people living together. In harmony, in yeah. In harmony, yeah, just to keep it going. And even if it's not perfect, without it, it would be a complete, like, shitstorm, I guess. It would be chaos. But I think people would just... How, how chaotic do you think it would be... If we didn't have laws and we didn't have punishment. Have you seen The because, Purge? Because, yes, I have seen The Purge. It's a good movie. But, but also if you could do it all the time and not just like, here's 12 hours, knock yourself out. But I don't think, I mean, the, that movie, The Purge, it's like you get this time to murder people mm. and not be. But I, I mean more like, say we didn't have any laws and say if you broke the law, nothing really happened. Mm. People break the law every single day regardless of there being a law there do you think we would have so many more crimes than we already do if there weren't laws like we already have people breaking the rules yeah like 95 percent of us are obeying and i feel like if there was an unspoken just societal agreement like don't be a dickhead Mm. and don't do shit things yeah most people wouldn't do them I guess but it's like so I was just thinking there's always like, going to be that percentage of people that will yeah. go against the grain and do shitty things and I don't know how much more that would happen if we didn't have rules does that make sense yeah because like, I was just thinking like when you, when you said that if there weren't, wasn't any laws I thought like all people just steal shit all the time but I guess if you also had the prospect of if you steal from this person they might shoot you and they'd be allowed to yeah there might be enough of a deterrent not to do exactly. it anyway and then you still wouldn't want to shoot every patron because then you wouldn't make any money from your goods mm. I don't know. I think it's about money. Mm. I think a lot of it's got to do with money. And it would also, I guess, have to do with, like, if there was still rules religion-based. Mm. Like, if there's a lot of religion stuff, you can't murder, you can't steal, etc., etc. Yeah. If people still wanted to follow that or not. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. It's all very interesting. It is. It's kind of weird thinking about this because you end up, I just, I find myself, the more I think about this stuff, I end up just sitting alone on my couch, very upright with wide eyes, thinking, well, nothing means anything. Nothing means anything, does it? Literally nothing means anything. We're just following. We're just following. It's just the meaning that we've assigned to it. And then I start thinking about, I get so stressed over all these things, but why? Because society said we need to be stressed about these things. Yep, and if you don't complete certain things or do the right thing, you're frowned upon. And Mm. I think at at the end of the day, we all want so desperately to fit in. Mm. Everyone wants to. That's about survival, like. And that's just about surviving. Like we all want to just be doing the same thing as others. We don't want to be seen as, you know, a freak or as standing out for the wrong reasons. Mm. And the other thing about you know relationships and companionship, realistically. I think the reason so many people are drawn to the, to the idea of being with someone forever is because I think a huge part of just our lives is just searching for human companionship. Yeah. And we just want human interaction in a yeah. pleasant way. And yeah. that takes the form of relationships mm. in friendships, but then also more, you know, romantic relationships. Mm. That stability of constant support. Yeah, because you're always... I think that it's like you're always seeking that. Yeah. No matter what. And I think people that are isolated, it's very interesting to see how they behave so differently Hmm. to others that have had lots of human interaction to people that haven't. 
So, mm. well. Should we retire and have ice cream? I think we'll wrap it up. Yes, we've got some panna, pano? Panna. Panna, vegan ice cream um, to eat. So I think we'll do that. Vegan and gluten-free for for you. So exciting. Um, But yeah, thanks so much for listening, guys. I think we'll have to do a version two. Of, yeah, I think this is definitely a part one of potentially of social norms. Let's we'll, we'll come. We've we've got a couple of other things we want to look at still that we didn't quite cover, but I think there's definitely more room to explore these strange things. Mm. But yeah, if you have any weird insights about things that just jump out to you about society, let us know on social media. Yeah, we'll discuss. We'll create some social media to link you to because at the moment. I'm assuming we're just going to be twitter.com slash two flat whites if it's not taken. Probably something like that. Yeah. We'll create a Facebook group and we'll, we'll make, maybe we should do episode threads and yes. stuff where people can have yes. discussions and then we Good can idea. get ideas. But yeah, if you've got any suggestions for some other weird social things that us humans do without thinking, let us know. Hit us up and we will endeavor to chat about it in our next um, next episode of social norms so yeah give you a shout out hope you guys have a great week um yeah (laughs) please uh what are our norms uh please continue to stay alive stay alive and siesta forever (laughs) (laughs) have many siestas hopefully not forever until the void eventually (laughs) reclaims you in all this beautiful age have a great week guys stay classy stay fruity and most of all Stay positive. Au revoir. Au revoir. Arrivederci. Cheers. Buongiorno.